the journey that subcultures go on, I think, is is something that's really key to this week's Cursed Objects because, you know, you're talking about how uh, something has a moment in the limelight, a, a, a sort of a peak, like, you know, a subcultural kind of peak and, and a, almost like a rising tide. Um, and that might last for a couple of years or a few years before the sort of the winds of fashion i'm using a lot of weird meteorological metaphors here but the winds of fashion blow that blow that wave away like one of the objects we were discussing uh Kasha and i this week as the kind of the way in to talking about kind of rock culture um was the the battle jacket so you know we had Kasha and i had two options we were like well we could pick the really cursed extremely sort of post sellout kind of Guns N' Roses <laughs> baby grow. Or we could pick the sort of original, more authentic uh, item. I should just say as a quick note on like rock music and selling out. It The idea of selling out is almost as old as rock music itself. Um, uh, in fact, The Who, back in 1967, released an album called The Who Sell Out, which with, you know, like fake adverts on the front in which they kind of mocked the idea of rock authenticity. That's 1967. So, like, this isn't just a, a thing that comes along with postmodernism in the late 80s and the early 90s, the idea of, like, you know, querying authenticity or ironising, like, um, the kind of authentic passions and feelings of rock music, which is something I really want to kind of try and dig into today, is, like, metal and rock seem completely absurd and silly, like... I think to outsiders, you know, um, and I'm a sort of mostly outsider. I would say as much as I've loved a bit of Guns and Roses in my time. Um, so that journey that uh, heavy metal, hair metal, you know, heavy rock, whatever you want to call it, has been on to get to uh, the appetite for destruction, baby grow, uh, the Guns and Roses baby grow. It, that journey begins with the other cursed object that we were considering, which is a battle jacket. Now, I didn't really know what a battle jacket was until Kasha told me. So maybe, Kasha, you could you could tell us. Uh, I think people will understand it as soon as you describe it, but I hadn't heard the term before. So, yeah, a battle jacket is kind of like a, I guess, like a denim... <laughs> I don't want to call it a gilet because it's not a gilet. <laughs> but it's I love like... the idea of you calling it by telling your brother, oh, have you got, have you got your metal gilet on again? <laughs> and actually, to be fair, I don't think my brother ever really had one of these, but they're things that you would see quite a lot, like um, the Devonshire Arms in Camden um, or like, you know, the Intrepid Fox. Are these all, uh, sorry, just to ask, because this is one of the other thing, many things I wanted to pick you up on. How many rock and metal pubs are there around or are they just all in Camden near where you grew up? No, no, no. So actually, maybe like two years ago, I went to one in Clapham called Project Orange, which is not where you would imagine there being like a metal pub. Um, but there was the, mm. there was the Intrepid Fox that was like by Centrepoint and then it moved to Archway and then I think it closed. There was a crowbar as well in Tottenham Court Road, but I think that closed. Garlic and Shots, crowbar. I think it's a... Yeah, I think it's a... <laughs> Garlic and Shots is kind of metal adjacent. Um, it looks it from the outside. Yeah. It really looks quite metal. That's in Soho, yeah. I guess my my engagement with this is like it often depends on what kind of what kind of like how you go out, your experiences around going out. So like we would often end up in the big red, not because we were like metalers, but because it was open till four a.m. Whereas like everything else 
in Camden would close around like one. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think because I wanted to drink and I wanted to go out and I was more of a pub person than like a club person when I was like a teenager, mm. definitely. I'd end up going mm. to a lot more like, I feel like metal, there's a lot more like metal pubs and bars because there aren't really mm. like metal clubs. Do you know what I mean? So if you're like a pub person, it was a bit of a no brainer, even if you didn't really care for the music to like <laughs> go somewhere that's open later. Do you know what I mean? You just yeah, kind yeah. of. It was a subculture of convenience for you. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But anyway, back to the metal jackets. Um, so, well, the battle jackets. So they're kind of like um, denim jackets, often with like the arms taken off. And then they've mm. got like loads of like, they usually have like a back piece, maybe like of like a band, a metal band, and then like patches around it. And I think the patches, like the fact that there is like a DR, like, so you can obviously buy them like made with the patches and whatever, but definitely I remember as a kid like going around Camden and like seeing these like patches that you could put onto jackets either that you iron on Mm. or that you sew on and I just think there's something really lovely that you find this in a lot of like in a lot of subcultures that there is this kind of like DIY approach to like how you represent Mm. your identity and I think in a way that's like the antithesis of the H&M baby grow that kind of does it for you in a way like you know like the H&M baby grow it's kind of completely devoid of that like care and love and attention that people put into how they present within a particular subculture. And like, you know, it's not, and also like, I have to say, this isn't just like unique to metal. It's also in like punk music and like thrash and whatever. But I just love that idea that there are like, I, and I actually, I think as well, I think it's pretty pronounced within an, within a kind of like subculture that I would say is predominantly male, Um, that there is this kind of like attention on like look and style and appearance in a way that I think is like quite creative. Like I think that it's really actually quite lovely, especially because to be honest, like male creativity around like what they wear, there are so many unwritten rules about like how men should dress and like what they should do to look respect, quote unquote respectable, but also like, Mm. you know, how they relate to their fashion at all. And I just think there's something really nice and really sweet actually about someone taking the time to like signify their subcultural identity through the clothes that they wear they're not just through the clothes that they wear but as you say like it like through craft essentially like because i didn't i hadn't really thought about how those jackets came to i've seen these jackets you know so i'll have like an iron maiden patch and then next to that is like a slayer patch and they're all you know written in this sort of iconic font or logo of the band you know so so it's sort of a so it becomes like a smorgasbord of your of your identity mediated through a bunch of different bands but i hadn't thought about it but you're right you'd have to sew or iron it on yourself or possibly get you know get uh you know to gender it your mum to do it i don't know if that's part (laughs) of it as well but i really like the idea of like yeah mom but 13 year old boys like learning how to sew in yeah, order to like and, so. and then thinking and then as you say like curating it yourself like making sure that the the balance of exactly where the patches are so that it doesn't mm-hmm. look lopsided you know it's actually really quite creative like collecting um, them finding them yeah, sourcing them yeah. i just think all Wasn't of that's this? really lovely and i think also it's it shows us quite a lot about like male 
male like friendship as well like I think that yes. it's really easy to like dismiss these like genres as like oh they're so male and whatever which is true right there is like there is a gender imbalance that like we definitely like need to critique and we need to think about but also like if we're not looking at it in terms of the relation to like um to women or whatever and yeah I just I just kind of think that it shows us a lot about like male friendship and like obviously we can think about the relationship between like men and women and the metal subculture and whatever and that should obviously be critiqued but I think mm. there's something really sweet about like how like metal music allows men to communicate and like mm -hmm hang out with other men like I, yes. I don't know like I think it's about I think it's about like how those friendships are like generated and created and like I just I don't know like I think that's I think that's kind of lovely like I think there's something really sweet there